Hey everybody, so excited that you have joined us on the Link Church podcast channel. We believe that this message will not only leave you feeling welcome, but we do believe that it will rock you and it will also move you. A moment for God to speak right into your context. So enjoy today's message. A warm welcome to you. My name is Mark and where you're watching from, churches everywhere this morning, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, whatever platform you're leaning in from, it's so good to have you with us. It is a beautiful day here on the North Coast. And what an incredible song, a reminder of the season of Christmas. Uh, a reminder of the one who came and did what we could never do. And so a warm welcome to you. Uh, we're in a series uh, that we're launching today. If you'll see behind me, it's a thrill of hope. Uh, it's the spirit of Christmas, but it's a, a series entitled A Blessed Christmas. And so as a church, as our leaders, Dylan Tess, as our staff team, we are wishing you a blessed Christmas. It's the buildup. Can you believe it? It's 2020 and we are straight at ahead of Christmas. I couldn't believe it back in March. I thought, would we ever get to Christmas? But here we are. And God has been kind and He's been faithful. Uh, as you would notice, I'm in a different location. And uh, as a church, we made a decision that uh, we want to just keep it online for this uh, for this moment uh, leading into Christmas, just because what's happening. And uh, I've come into contact with someone with COVID, uh, but uh, I know that I want to be respectful to those who are around me. I have a fixed camera on me this morning, and I'm trusting that as I speak, that I have a word for you this morning that will encourage you, that will inspire you. And I believe that God is still faithful and kind. And no matter where you find yourself this morning, that He's able to speak into your situation, because we believe in a God of hope. And uh, so we're in a series called The Blessed Christmas. But here's what I know about Christmas is uh, for many of us, I don't know about you, but I have destination disease. That means I've put my eyes on the 25th of, Christ, uh, uh, 25th of December and I'm so looking forward to Christmas. The challenge is I just want to get there. I just want to get there. And uh, I want to encourage you, maybe you're thinking like that, maybe you just want to get to the 31st of December and press, the, press a reset button and hope that 2021 is a whole lot of fun. But I want to tell you and encourage you with this here this morning that, you know, what if as we lead up into Christmas, it's, uh, we tend to go from event to event to event. What if we wouldn't just spectate an event, but we would participate in an experience? I want to encourage you, let's take it slow as we approach Christmas. Every day a moment to celebrate God's goodness and His kindness. And really this series, A Blessed Christmas, is simply that. Let's receive God's blessing and walk slowly with Him day by day by day. And if you agree with me, why don't you give me a big amen in the comments bar. It's so good to have you with us and uh, excited for this series today, A Blessed Christmas. Just before I start, I want to start with a little survey, a little Christmas survey. And so I want to ask you out there, and you can engage with me online. I want to know um, how many of you have already done all your Christmas shopping? Just give me a big hands up in the comments bar. How many have done them? For those who haven't done them, we don't like you very much. I haven't done it yet, so I'm, I'm grateful for those who organized who have done it already. Um, how many have not put up your Christmas tree yet? Okay, how many have not to put up their Christmas tree yet? Uh, we haven't yet, so we better do that quickly. Um, anyway, and here's another question. Uh, who's nervous about having a family member join them for Christmas Day? <laughs> Don't say anything now because your in-laws might be with you. Um, anyway, so um, what, about, um, what about the fact that, you know, um, I don't know, maybe here's a question. Uh, are you excited about giving a gift to someone this Christmas? Um, are you excited about blessing someone with a gift? And I really believe that this morning, uh, as I get into the Word, that where we anchor ourselves for the next couple of weeks is really about a gift that's been given to you and I. It's a gift of God Himself. Uh, in Isaiah, uh, the prophet, he said this, for unto us a son is born. His name is Emmanuel. That means God with us. That's, the, that's what's significant and so special uh, about Christmas, that God is with us. 
Now, I know I've already been to my first nativity scene, my little daughter, and we see the stable, we see Mary, we see Joseph. Um, here's the challenge for a lot of us is we know the story of Christmas, but really today I wanna, I wanna emphasize the why because when we understand why Christmas is so important, it can have staggering implications for our lives. It can transform our hearts. And so I know you know the story and I know it gets around this time and it's like, yes, Mary, Joseph, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if, if your eyes were open a little bit wider? What if your heart was engaged in the story? What if you didn't just spectate, but you participated in an experience? Because I really believe that when God's word gets in your heart, it can have a transformative power in your life. And I believe that even this year is not finished yet. We've got a couple of days till to Christmas and God in a moment can transform our hearts. Are you ready to go today? I wanna read from Isaiah chapter nine, um, verse two, I'll start there. And we've got a a scripture that we're gonna anchor in this book. Uh, Isaiah was called the eagle-eyed prophet. He had the ability to see in the future. Uh, In fact, so far in the future, it was 780 years before Christ that he prophesied something. He prophesied a Messiah that would come. The one, the sun would come and the sun would set humanity free. And it's within this context, I wanna read the scripture and then I'm gonna break it down for you. And I've got some ways, I'm gonna speak about something, a name that was given to this Messiah and how he can have uh, practical implications for yours and my life as we lead up to Christmas. Who's ready to go for Christmas? Come on, let's open our Bibles. If you got your Bible open, Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, and I'm gonna start there. It says this, the people were walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, I just love that introduction because uh, Isaiah's context is a lot like ours, our context. Uh, People were in darkness. And I I don't know about you, but coming to the back end of this year, there's almost a sense of relief that we just made it through. But to be honest, there's a lot going around that we can't control, circumstances that are out of our control. And, And yet in that space, I believe that a light has dawned. And we have the great privilege of looking in hindsight. Isaiah was looking forward to Messiah. We can look in hindsight and know that Jesus has come to do what he already said he would. And so we can anticipate light into our darkness. He goes on, verse three, he says, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. God, we don't just, we rejoice before him because he's come to set us free. He's done what we could never do. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. And here's the scripture I wanna anchor on in this next couple of weeks and today. It says, for, uh, for to us, a child is born. Say to us, to us, a son is given. Do you see the repetitive nature? To us. The story of Christmas is not just powerful, it's personal. It's for you and I, it's for our families, it's for our friends, it's for this church, it's for this community, it's for the country of South Africa and the nations of the world. For to us, a son has been given. And he goes on to say, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. I love that. You know. We come into the end of a year. Uh, there are many things that end in our lives. Our mince pies are gonna end this year. 
Um, there's maybe for some of you, it's an end to a vocation, maybe an end to a vacation. I don't know, we, 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 we are familiar with ending, but with God, there is no end to His rule and reign. There's no end to His love. There is no end to His peace. There is no end to His joy. There's no end to His grace. Can we just give Him an amen and an amen? And then He said, He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Okay, cool. let me get into some context here. So we have Isaiah, and uh, he is an eagle-eyed prophet, and uh, he lived in the King Ahaz's time. And the people of Israel and King Ahaz, he was the king, he ruled over them, and he looked after them. He was in some trouble. Notice the scripture says they were in darkness. They were in darkness because there was a warring army coming their way. And I can imagine Ahaz in his war room with his generals and they see the, the warriors coming and they're talking and they're trying to devise a plan, but no one's got a solution. And so then Ahaz is a wise king, says, call the prophet in. I wanna hear a word from the God. And Isaiah, the eagle-eyed prophet walks in and he says, tell us what you think. Tell us what the God says. And it's this context that he reads the scripture in the war room with Ahaz. Now, I don't know about you, but Here's the challenge we have with this description or what Isaiah says. Isaiah doesn't say to King Ahaz, look, it's okay, God's gonna send a warrior to defeat the enemy. But he says rather a son is gonna be given, a child is gonna be born. And with that, Ahaz must have taken some offense and gone, no, 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 we don't need a son. We don't need a child. What we really need is a warrior. Now, I don't know about you, but as a believer, sometimes we can, have a, a, we can question God around this. In the, in, the, in the likelihood of us living today. God, have you seen what reality looks like? Have you seen what it looks like in my life right now? Have you seen, God, I need you to solve my problem, God. And yet God prophesies rather a son to come in 780 years time. Why would he do this? And so I wanna address this problem today because maybe you're facing some form of reality as you come into Christmas. Perhaps things have dried up financially. Perhaps you're not feeling well. I don't know what it is, but I know this, that within this context, God does know your reality and He has a solution to your problem. And what I love about it is in two ways, He comes to answer that problem. I wanna mention them today, two ways. You can write this down. The first one is God comes to deal. By sending the Messiah, Jesus, God comes to deal with the root of our real problem. You see, here's the reality. If God took care of every other problem, if He took care of the warring army, if He took care of our financial problem and our health problem, if He just took care of those and not our real root problem, we would continue to create new problems. Because the real, our real root problem is a disconnect from God. It's not having a relationship with Him. And so God in His kindness always gets to what we need, not necessarily what we want right now. And He came with a solution that would take care of that. You know, I'm reminded of um, J.R.R. Tolkien who wrote The Lord of the Rings. He said this, he said, evil uh, is a shape shifter. In other words, it keeps on recreating itself. And you think of it for a moment. I thought, for example, look at this, this phone of mine. I mean, uh, technology has advanced like you can't believe in the last 20 years. And uh, this phone, uh, it can connect you to the whole world. Um, you can have access to so many more people. It's bought security. But I do think that this, the jury is still out on whether this phone is a good thing or a bad thing or whether technology is a good thing or a bad thing because the same phone that can connect me to the rest of the world sometimes disconnects me to the very ones I love, the family in the room I sit. This phone in the hands of uh, a, a, an emotionally immature person can, can wreak disaster. And so we're not quite sure because here's, the, here's what I'm trying to get at. 
this technology cannot transform or, or, or heal the problem of the human heart. Only God can. And so God in His kindness and His goodness, He says, Isaiah, yes, I see an army come against you, but I'm gonna send one who's gonna take care of humanity's real problem, and that's a disconnect from me. Because my greatest desire in humanity coming into Christmas and the story of Christmas is that I would connect with you and, know, and let you know that you are loved and cared for and my grace is sufficient and I know you and you have value. You see, it's a connection with God. God did this and He took care of what we couldn't take care of, so He sent a son for you and I. That's the first way He deals with the problem that you might be facing today. See, the story of Christmas is a reminder of a son that was given, a child that was born. The second way He comes to deal with the problem that we might be facing, and Isaiah speaks in that context, is He gives us four relational names. Notice they're not functional names, they're relational names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I, for a moment today, wanna just pick on Wonderful Counselor for you and show you why Wonderful Counselor is so key to God sending a solution to our problem. He's called Wonderful Counselor. You see, Wonderful Counselor is the first name given to Him. It's almost numero uno. If you're gonna take any name, Order is important in the Bible. Why would God say wonderful counselor? I thought he might've said wonderful warrior or wonderful comforter or wonderful convictor, but he says, no, wonderful counselor. You see the word wonderful counselor is two names in Hebrew. The first wonderful means Pele, not the Brazilian soccer player, no Pele. Pele means awesome times seven. It means, you know, we, we banter awesome around so lightly, but it means supernatural. In fact, the Hebrew word, the root word is incomprehensible. God's wonder is incomprehensible. We cannot even put words to it. Our hearts are wired to see His wonder. I, I love the fact, you know, I don't know about you, but when you first fell in love, you know, when you first fell in love, I remember seeing Kath for the first time. I'd seen other girls before, but when I saw her, there was something that awoke in my heart. It's that same sort of wonder. It was incomprehensible. I couldn't put words to her beauty and how I loved her, even in a moment of seeing her. That's what he's talking about. It is too wonderful for words to describe. The second is counselor, which means yoez. Pele, yoez. Yoez means um, to give guidance, to give purpose. Uh, yoez is, is a counseling term. Now, we have a bad connotation around counselors, but just like an earthly counselor, if you went to an earthly counselor, you would give them their problem and they would enact a solution. When, when you think of this word yoez, you think of King Solomon. When you bring your problems to him, he, he, enab he hears the problem and then enacts a solution. It's what God would do for, you, for us. Isaiah says there's one thing we need to take a hold of, that he is the wonderful counselor. In other words, we can bring him his problems and he can help us and give us a way out. He can help and give us a way out and a way through. You see, Jesus Jesus would be promised by Isaiah to be Pele Yoez, the wonderful counselor. You and I can bring our problems to him and we can see a way out. The writer of Hebrews gives us great description of this. He says this in Hebrews 4, chapter 15 and 16. He says, um, he says that we do not have a high priest that, that, that does not sympathize or empathize with our weakness. But Jesus was tempted in every way, yet was without sin. So therefore, we can come before Him in confidence and receive His mercy and grace in time of need. 
I love that. God didn't just stand from above and say, guys, this is how you should live. He came down to live on earth with us. God with us. He came down and lived with us. And it's interesting, if you walk through the Christmas story, you realize that Jesus was amongst the poorest of the poorest. And I don't know about you, but it's, it's, it feels like it's one thing to sympathize, another thing to empathize. He came and walked where we have walked. The poorest of the poor. How did I know that? He was born in a stable amongst the animals. You and I were born of, most often in the best medical care with East Coast Radio playing in the background. He was born in a stable. When he was 12 years old, his mom and dad came to bring a sacrifice to the temple. They didn't bring a lamb. They bought a pigeon because a pigeon was for the poorest of the poor. Jesus always was related to the poorest of the poor. Think about it for a moment. He was born in a manger. He died on the cross. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was wrapped in clothes in a borrowed grave. He was forsaken by his closest disciples and he was forsaken by God when he went up on the cross. Why? Why? Because all poverty and judgment was placed on him so that you and I might walk with confidence to him now, right now, and ask of his mercy and grace in our time of need. Oh, the wonderful counselor. Just think about it for a moment. Uh, James writes about wisdom and he says, you know, wisdom is, um, he says, we have access to God's wisdom. I love in James, he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's a wonderful counselor. You should ask God and he gives without reproach. Circle that word without reproach for a moment. Without reproach, what did that mean? Well, I don't know about you, but I often land myself in positions or circumstances because of my own mistakes, my stupid mistakes. And I often think that God, it's, it's quite something to ask for wisdom when I've done it again and again and again. And I think, I think God thinks like me. So I think God's up in heaven and He looks at His angels and He goes, oh, here comes Mark again. Can you believe it? He has the audacity to ask financial help again. He keeps on asking every month or He keeps on asking about His parenting ability, but here He comes again. But God never does that. He doesn't, He says, I give generously to all who ask Him. You know why? Because all reproach was put on Jesus. We can ask for wisdom we don't deserve because Christ purchased us for us. We have the ability to come to Him. You know what's exciting too? Is when I read the Scriptures and the Gospels, that every time someone came to Jesus with a problem, there was a miracle that took place. You see, I think that the wonderful counselor invites us into the simple truth that if you've got a problem, Jesus came for us who had problems. Here's what I wanna say. You know, whenever he performed the miracle, he didn't just do it because he felt like it or to show off. He didn't walk past the sea and say, see, be calm. He didn't say, hey, Lazarus, come out and be elevated. Guys, look what I did. No, he, wherever he saw a problem, there was a miracle. So here's what I wanna say. It's good news for you and I if you have a problem right now today. You are the candidate for a miracle. And on the other side, if you've got no problems, you've got no miracles. But I wanna encourage you, if you've got a problem today, no matter what it might be, you can come before Him. You know why? Because it is the breeding ground for a miracle. Oh, what a wonderful counselor. Now, I wanna talk about three things uh, that are important for us because you know what? We can come to the guy who has the miracles. We come to Jesus, but how do we do that? How do we approach Him? Because the Gospels is full of stories of people approaching Jesus. And I've got simply practically three ways as we go into Christmas and this morning that we can approach the wonderful counselor. Are you ready to go? Number one, if you're taking notes, be honest, be honest. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the challenge for us is that when we have a problem is we tend to put aside, you know, we hide it here. And any earthly counsel, counselor would tell you when you come to see them, please, the ability for you to be honest is the ability for you to heal. In other words, the extent to which you're gonna be honest is the extent to which you'll be healed. It's the same with Jesus. Jesus wants us to actively participate 
in our healing to be, and it starts with being honest. It's not like you take your car to the car wash and you give your keys to someone and say, wash my car, and then you come pick it up later. You know, we, we, it's, it's just not like that. It's, he invites us into participation. Here's the challenge. Jesus will change your life, but He also wants to change you. And so part of it is being honest with where we're at. I love John chapter four, uh, the woman of the world. Uh, she has a conversation with Jesus. She has a woman that uh, comes at 12 o'clock in the day, Jesus at the well. And that woman is a lot like you and I. She wanted love. She wanted acceptance. She wanted to know that she was valued. And they build up a conversation. And Jesus is chatting with her. And he asks her a question. He says to her, why don't you go and get your husband? And in a moment, she had a decision to make. Either she was gonna be honest or she was gonna lie. Now, I don't know about you, but I think if that had been us, we would have gone, sorry, my husband's playing golf or sorry, my husband's busy or sorry, my husband's traveling. But she didn't. You know what she said? She said, I don't have a husband. And with that, Jesus said, I know, because you've had four, but now you're living with a man. But you know what? I wanna give you what you've been longing for for all of your life. I'm gonna give you the living water. You see that? You see that truth? When we come to Him in honesty, when we come to Him with everything we have, He will heal us. I wanna ask you a question today. What does it look like for you to be honest this season? What does it look like or feel like to be honest this morning with the wonderful counselor? Because you know what I love about that story? Jesus knew all about her, but he still came after her. I think the challenge with you and I is we feel like if I expose myself or I'm vulnerable, that I'll be shamed or cast aside or be embarrassed. But Jesus knows everything about you and yet he loves you just the same. I wanna encourage you to be honest with you. You know, just recently we were at Gateway. Uh, James and I were doing some shopping there and we had finished up and you know, you got your parking ticket and you go to put your parking ticket in and pay for it. We arrived at the parking machine, bit of a queue, we get there. You know, who carries cash in COVID? We had about six rand. I thought if I put my card in, I'm telling you, it should be about six rand. We put it in, it's 12 rand. But on the car, the machine is a big sign saying no credit cards, the facility not working. So I put it in, I realized my predicament. Now I got a queue behind me and what I do, I pull up my credit card and I start trying to make the credit card work. Eventually, someone behind me taps me on the shoulder and says, sir, did you not see the sign? I said, thank you so much. With that, James is starting to disappear, bring some distance from his dad. And I'm sitting like this and he says, sir, I think I got a good point. Why don't you press the button that asks for help? Now, you know what? You don't want to press the button, I think, because a voice comes up and everyone's in on your conversation. So what do I do? I press the button. And it's like, hello, hello. I said, sorry, I put my card in. I don't have enough cash. Uh, you know, I've got a bit of a problem. Can you help me? He said, sir, did you read the sign above you? I said, yes, I did. He said, well, then I think you should go and draw some more money. Anyway, I walked off with my tail between my legs, James at a distance. But here's the challenge. We don't often like to ask help and to really be honest. What would it look like for you and I to be honest this morning? The second is this. How do we approach the wonderful counselor? Be brutally honest. The second is learn to listen. Learn to listen. Now, I don't know about you coming to Christmas. There's a lot of noise around, but there's one voice that speaks into our lives. I'm reminded of Mark chapter nine, where Peter, James, and John are traveling with Jesus and he takes them up a mountain. It's the Mount of Transfiguration. They get to the top. I mean, Peter, James, and John, the very disciples that would build this church, key to building kingdom after Jesus had died. And that God transfigures his son and with it, he shows them Moses and Elijah and the disciples are like, wow, this is amazing. Let's build an altar. Let's stay here. Let's live here. I just want to live with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. But God makes Moses and Elijah disappear and Jesus positions himself in front of his disciples. There's a cloud and God says something to his disciples. And I thought to myself, I wonder what God would say to you and I. 
I wonder if there's one thing he would say to his disciples who had his attention. I wonder what God would say to the church coming into Christmas 2020. I wonder what he would say. You know what he said? This is my son with whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. What a powerful reminder this morning. When we come to the wonderful counselor, it's not just to see him, it's to listen to him. Ecclesiastics says that human beings were born with eternity in our hearts. In other words, you and I have been wired to listen to the wonderful Savior. I wanna ask you a question this morning. What would it take for you or what needs to change for you to listen to his voice? Because he has something to say to you. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep, that's you and I, will hear my voice. In other words, you and I are wired to listen. How do we approach the wonderful counselor? We're brutally honest. We learn to listen. And the last one is this. We do whatever he tells us to do. We do whatever he tells us to do. I'm reminded of of Jesus' words, well done, good and faithful servant, which implies that we did something with what we heard. And here's the challenge, and I've got to be honest with you. Here's the challenge about doing what he tells you to do. Most often when I read the gospel and the encounter between people, what Jesus asks us to do doesn't make sense. Think about the man who was blind and he spat on the mud and he put on his eyes. He said, won't you go to that pool on the other side of the city in Washington and you'll be healed. That didn't make sense. What about when they ran out of wine once at a wedding and Mary said to the servants, great advice, do whatever he tells you to do. It's one thing to take water and then turn it into wine. It didn't make sense for the servants. What about Noah when he built an ark? God He said, build an ark. He went for 20 years. God, has anything changed? No, 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 no. Do whatever I told you to do. I wonder if this Christmas, you and I, if we would hear his voice and it didn't make sense, we would do whatever he tells us to do. Because you know what? It often doesn't make sense. And I want to encourage you. Those are the words of Jesus to us. Because when we do it, on the back end of obedience, there is a reward. On the back end of obedience, there is breakthrough. On the back end of obedience, we see God move like we never dreamt possible. I wanna encourage you this morning, let's be those people. You know, I'm reminded uh, in the story uh, back when I was younger, I think I was about 21 and I got to play in a, I used to play polo cross, ride horses. And I remember I got to a game, which was like the pinnacle of where I got to. I was like, this is the one. And I was really nervous and unexpected place, but, and, and I found myself entering this game and the, 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 the chucker started and I was the number one, so I was the goal scorer and we got the ball and I went down and I was riding this horse, it was like a cat. This horse just moved like this and that's how I like to play it. And so I went this side and I dipped that side and I went that side and I went this side and then I got T-boned by my opposition number. My horse fell down, I fell off, my opposition took the ball and they went and scored. One nil, 30 seconds into the game. My heart's beating and nervous. I got a number two behind me, he's the captain. And he comes up to me as we line up for the, ch- for, the, for the line out. And he comes up to me and he says, listen, Mark, I know that your horse is like a cat. It goes this way and that way. But I want to tell you something. Run it, run it, run it because it's fast. And so I thought it didn't make sense. But from then on, I chose to listen to the captain's voice. And I began to run and run and run. And through running and running and running, we, we managed to win that game. Why? Because we listened to the captain's voice. I want to encourage you this morning. Listen to the captain's voice in your life. How do we approach the wonderful counselor? Brutally honest this morning. Open our hearts before him. The second is to learn to listen to his voice. And the third is to do whatever he tells you to do. It's interesting, Jesus, when, he, when Isaiah prophesied the scripture, wonderful counselor, 
The word wonderful is not applied to the solution in our lives. It's applied to describing who Jesus is, which makes me think that in understanding this word wonderful counselor, it's not so much that Jesus came to give a solution to our problems primarily, but primarily it's about Jesus being present in our lives. You see, it doesn't matter what we go through, but if we have Him with us, because that's the promise of the New Testament, that's the promise of Christmas. When I have Jesus with me in my life, it doesn't matter what I go through because His presence is enough. I wanna close this morning uh, just in a scripture in the New Testament, and it's the last words of Jesus to the church. And it's recorded in Revelation chapter three, and it's the last time He uses the word, I will counsel you. It's almost, I wanna give you direction, I wanna give you purpose. And I wonder if going into Christmas this season, there are three things that I feel like he said that could be applied in our lives. The first he said to this church was he said, I want you to buy gold that has been refined in fire. Buy gold that is refined in fire. And I think of this for a moment, you know, we have the opportunity to buy gold. And we've been through a year that feels like we've been refined by fire. But you see, gold is imperishable. Gold is not what this world gives. Gold is eternal. Gold is what God gives us. And we have an invitation to buy from Him. Here's the challenge. How do you buy something if you're broke? And Jesus knows we're broke. But the gap between broke and buying gold lies a little word called faith. And the Bible says, if I've got faith the size of a mustard seed, I have access to the kingdom of God. I have access to buying gold. And maybe this season buying gold is, I got knocked down in June, but I stood up again in July. You know what you're doing? You're buying gold. I encouraged someone the other day, I sent them a message and I prayed for them. You know what you're doing? You're buying gold. I'm inviting someone to my table that I haven't invited to, to Christmas. I'm restoring a relationship with a family member that, has been, that, 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 that needs forgiveness and reconciliation. You know what you're doing? You're buying gold. When, when you feel like you can't praise Him, you praise Him. You know what you're doing? You're buying gold. When you pray, when you feel like you can't pray anymore, you keep praying. You know what you're doing? You're buying gold. Let's be those people that buy gold. The second is this, put on the garment. Put on a garment of grace to cover your shame. I think in this time of the year, you know what often happens is we look back sometimes and regret and we often least kindest to ourselves. I wanna encourage you this season, be kind to yourself and put on the garment of grace. Put on that garment. Remind yourself that you're loved, that you're valued, that you're accepted because of what Jesus did for you and I. And the last one, there's gold, there's garments and the last one is put on some goggles. Uh, he says, put ourselves in your eyes for you're blind, but now you will see. Put on some goggles, change your perception, change your perspective, see through different eyes. And we only do that by accessing His Spirit. And so my prayer today is God would fill you with His Spirit, that you would see and experience Christmas like never before, that this buildup would be slow, that you would participate in heaven, that you would access Him today because the wonderful counselor is here. I wanna take a moment just to pray for you as we close this service. Come on, if you've got faith in your hearts, why don't you just raise your hands, let's close our eyes. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning, Lord. I thank you for this name that has been given, a promised Messiah that would come as the wonderful counselor. And Lord, I thank you that today our hearts have been turned to you again. I thank you that today we've been reminded of the Christmas story, a God who came to be with us, that God, you would come to reconnect us to you, God, that you would bring salvation and freedom to humanity, God. I thank you, God, that you didn't just come to solve our problems, but you came to presence yourself with your people. Father, I pray for your presence over every home, over every person that is watching now, Lord. I pray your presence infiltrate every home and every heart, God. I thank you, Lord, that this morning we can come before you and be honest and open and you love us and you know us. I thank you, Lord, that we can listen to your voice. We have access to heaven's wisdom. 
And Lord, I thank you. And, I'm, and, and, and I thank you for the invitation to follow you, to do whatever you told us to do. So Father, I pray your blessing over your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the message today. If you are feeling encouraged, inspired, and moved by this message, I want to encourage you to head on over to our YouTube channel at Link Church for more amazing content. Have a great day.